Good morning, everyone. Friends, last week in the gospel, Jesus took an opinion poll of his closest friends by asking them, what does the world say about me? What are they calling me? What do they think I'm doing? And um, uh, Peter makes a comment, and Jesus says, nope, none of those things. And he says, Peter, what do you say? And Peter makes a comment. And in that comment, um, Jesus says, this information has not come from people, but from God. And in that, uh, what did he say? He said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus would ultimately elevate him to a position of prominence amongst the apostles and for our church and in the kingdom. Today, we see just a few miles down the road that afternoon, another uh, event in Jesus' life with Peter. And... Um, Jesus speaks another essential truth to him, one given by God, his Father. And it is not received well by people and those who hear it. Jesus tells them he's going to suffer greatly and he's going to be killed. He predicts his passion and his agony, uh, his death, but also his resurrection. And we know this as the Paschal Mystery. And Peter, no doubt, out of concern for Jesus, this is his best friend. You don't want your best friend to be hurt. You don't want your best friend to die. You certainly don't want your best friend to be murdered. So Peter would want to use all of his resources to try and prevent this from happening. He doesn't seem to understand. And um, he takes Jesus aside and disagrees with him, even chastises Jesus. I know none of you folks would do that to Jesus in your prayer. <laughs> And the Lord came down hard on Peter, telling Peter, uh, you are a hindrance to me. You are in my way. Uh, the Greek word that's being used is skandalon, which means stumbling rock. So last week, Jesus says, you're the rock of foundation. And now just down the road that afternoon, Jesus says, now you're a stumbling block to me. You're out of my way. No doubt Peter was not all that comfortable in that moment. I know I wouldn't have been. And so one of Jesus' own, who's close to him, was being disagreeable and unwilling to accept this truth also and this teaching of Jesus. It was no secret that many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' time didn't like Jesus. They had no love for him, even to the point of plotting his death. They could not accept the truth that Jesus was teaching of course, Jesus remained faithful to his Father, speaking the truth, and did not worry about his personal popularity or his reputation uh, being lost or even losing his closest friends, which would happen. Remaining faithful to his Father, to God, and committed to the mission that God gave him would bring him under great attack. In fact, ultimately, you know what happened. They crucified him for speaking the truth. The first reading from our Old Testament tells us of another of God's prophet who was also treated terribly, but this prophet would ultimately would remain faithful. We hear that there was a moment, this moment of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, you know what? I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I'm not going to bring him up anymore. I'm not going to talk about what he wanted me to talk about because they're beating me up. But then you hear him say, but you know what? Within me is burning his word. His word is inside, alive of me, and it has to come out. So I'm going to have to speak, and, uh, and speak just not anything, 
what God told him to say, and um, he would remain faithful to God. And um, what was the word? And he, um, Jeremiah had to speak to the Israelites and tell them if they did not repent and return to God and return to the faith that their fathers had taught them, disaster was going to strike them. And uh, no one wanted to hear about it, especially not the corrupt leaders of their time and not, not the king. Um, they tried to silence him. That didn't work. They tried to spread lies about him. That didn't work. They even accused him of sins that he never committed. Ultimately, they would imprison him. And when that didn't work, they put him in, and I'm being nice, they put him in an old well filled with mud and left him there to die. You know what that well was, don't you? We know it as a cistern. They threw him in the toilet pit. And God continued to help Jeremiah, but certainly didn't give him a ladder to get out of that pit, did he? <laughs> but God continued to give Jeremiah grace and the courage to speak the truth. This experience of speaking God's truth, even at great personal cost and sacrifice, is theologically what we know as carrying one's cross. This is what Jesus is referring to. There are other crosses, crosses of loss and of sickness and all that. And those, but the one that Jesus is referring to is the one that the, his followers will have to pick up and carry because of him and everything that he teaches. And my friend, Jesus, as well as the prophets that God sent before him, uh, were not willing to compromise on the truth. The church, our church, must follow these examples certainly of the prophets, but Christ's example of fidelity and faithfulness and commitment to the Father by continuing to teach the truths of the gospel, even though those truths are not popular and they're not liked. The church is to be an extension of Christ's own love also. This is his teaching also, meaning Jesus. This is his truth also. And so the church, out of love and with love, must teach God's truth, no matter what. It cannot hide or change its tune according to what is popular and fashionable of the day. St. Paul, in the second reading, when you read the whole thing, he is encouraging the people not to follow the ways of the tribes around them. He said, don't do this. You know how to walk in holiness. You know what is right. Our Pope and our bishops must continue to teach the truths given by Jesus Christ, which is right moralities and ethics that this world and its societies are not likely to accept. And when the church teaches these objective, that there are immoralities that are objective, such as human cloning, capital punishment, abortion, euthanasia, also known as physician-assisted suicide, and other things, Mother Church is mistreated and called a bigot. I have been called that. We're told we're closed-minded. I have been told that is what I am. I've been told that I'm archaic, and I have been told that as a priest of this church, I am irrelevant to the time. And this happens not only by those outside of the church, but this happens by some of our own members who say this. And despite persecutions, the church is to love all of God's people. And she is not to pretend that destructive moral choices are not destructive. They are. 
My friends, I have come to learn and understand that I can control no one. I can help to guide our people. I can offer guidance and suggestion. But in the end, you will make your decisions. I can barely control my own life, meaning there are some aspects of my life that I cannot control. I did not want cancer twice, and it may come back again. I can't control that. But it's not going to control me either. I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to walk in holiness and walk in his grace. So I know I cannot control everyone, but I can inform and guide you. The church also teaches you are to follow your conscience. Every human is to follow their conscience. But Mother Church presumes or assumes that that conscience is rightly formed. There you go. Hmm? The church also insists and teaches more things that never make the headlines such as the great love of Jesus Christ for everyone. Mother Church is not to tell anybody, and she does not, and her members are not to tell people that God hates them. That is a lie. It is not in the scriptures. It does say God hates sin, but God does not hate people. Christians of all people should not be telling others God hates you. God loves all people. The church and Jesus also says, you must pray, always. So we have to teach this. We also must teach the responsibility of every Christian to assist the poor. You heard a member of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. They are the arm of the church that helps the impoverished. But that does not alleviate everything, and it does not mean that you don't have to do anything. When I go to Seattle, if I'm downtown, I can't get from one end of the block to the next without at least 50 people asking for money. So here's what I've done. I've made sure I don't have any money in my pocket. That way, because people are like, well, Father, I don't like to lie. I know I have money, but I tell them I don't. But then don't carry any money, and you won't be lying. But what you can do is look them in the eye and tell them you see them and that you will pray for them and ask God to give them everything they need. Don't not look at them as if they don't exist. That is, that is devastating. They're used to no. They get no all the time. Can I have some money? No. Look at them. Acknowledge them. I see you. I'm sorry you're in this situation, and I will pray for you. This is what you can do. Of course you can help them out if you wish. The church teaches we are to attend to the sick. The church teaches that you're not supposed to gossip. Oh, Father, but that's not. Uh, 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 uh. Gossip kills someone's reputation. The church teaches this. The church teaches that each of its members is to practice self-control. Now, some of you don't do that. I've seen your outbursts and been at the end of your emails. Each member is to work for peace and for true justice and to treat people and the earth with respect. Jesus taught that you are not to hate and harm other people. And yet Christians do. These are truths also of the church. And people find that hard to accept also. My friends, Jesus taught that racism is wrong. And yet Christians have done it. We do not discriminate 
because of skin color or hair color or because they live this way or that way. We are not to condemn. We do judge. And the scriptures offer cases when that comes into play. But Jesus was clear, do not condemn. Leave that for my Father. These are the truths of the church that the church must speak also. And my friends, last night I posed it this way. If you say to the woman, you cannot destroy that life in your body, because that is life, at the same time, Mother Church says, you may not execute that murderer. You may imprison him or her, but you do not take their life. Murder is murder. But you'll hear Christians, no, 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 I, no abortion. But yes, the capital, no. <laughs> There's something broken in that thought. This is hard. In the same way, Mother Church says, you are not to discriminate against those people. You are not to gossip about them. You are not to spread lies about them. And the Christians do. Not you. You're so young and you don't do that. Daddy's not going to teach you those things. So my friends, these are the truths of the church also that we must hold to. Christ is coming again. And to those who courageously follow him and embrace his truths and trust in his ways, he will give many graces and blessings. In fact, eternal life is what he offers each and every one, everyone, anyone who will approach him. His disciples must share in his sufferings. They must share in his sacrifice, but they will share his glory also. That is in the scriptures. My friends, I shared with everyone, you know this is nothing new. As I came closer and closer to ordination, I had a group of friends. There are 10 of them. They said, if you follow through on this, we will not be your friend any longer. They said, because now you will be an actual official of that church and represent everything that church teaches. Three of them actually showed up at the ordination to actually witness, to see it happen. They also informed me they would never speak to me again. My response was, I love you. I wish you well. I pray God give you blessings. Go on with your life. And if you once were truly my friend, you would wish me the same. Even if you cannot be my friend any longer. I wish them well. I hope they are doing well. This is what the Christian does. They do not respond with hatred and anger and war against them. You wish them well. There is sacrifice. There is suffering. But there is glory. There is eternal life. I choose that. But I don't have to be at war with everyone. But I do stand for the truth. I live in this society. I also have an opinion about this society. All of you do. And there's other people who don't believe everything I do. They have an opinion, and their opinion matters because they live in this society too, right? But you are baptized Christians and followers of Jesus Christ. People have said, Father, not everything's so black and white. Everything's not so cut and dry. Yeah, you're right. 
but some things are. And I give glory to God for making decisions that I may not understand, and perhaps I don't even like sometimes, but he made them for me, and the great freedom of it is like, I choose Jesus and everything he taught. Well, you better, like, I just choose Jesus and everything he taught. I don't have to, the responsibilities lifted. I just follow him. And if you have any problems with him, take it up with him. But I will walk and follow him, whatever the price. I want you to do the same. I want you to do the same, but in the end, it'll be your decision. Because I want you to have eternal life. I want you to have glory also. Amen?